Welcome to Creative Income, a podcast that focuses on making a living in the creative space. Whether you're an actor, filmmaker, musician, painter, or anything that doesn't fit the nine to five mold, there is value for you here. I'm Lars Lindstrom. Let's get into it. Hey everybody, Lars Lindstrom here, Creative Income. Welcome back. I am uh, recording this episode in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm going to be here for the next six weeks. Believe it or not, I've got two films kind of sandwiched back to back. The timing just worked out that way. Yeah, it was uh, really fortuitous actually. Um, I'm excited about both of them. One of them is a, a boxing drama. Um, which can be really exciting and cool and different. And the other one is a Christmas film, but it's with a new production company, new director. So I'm really excited about that as well. Um, anyway, it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be intense. It's gonna be really intense. I just got here. Let's see, yesterday, last night, and on the way up, I stopped at my uncle's place in Cedar City, Utah. Um, to record this episode. he He's an artist, um, artist of all s- sorts, but uh, he's probably most known for his re- religious paintings. Um, they're beautiful. I think everything he does is is really actually incredibly gorgeous, so you should check him out. His name is Del Parson, um, and he's more than an incredibly talented artist. He's also uh, successful at it. He, he's made a lot of money and uh, done very well for himself over the last 50 years of painting. So I think you're going to really enjoy Enjoy it. He's, um, you know, even if you're not a painter, there's there's a lot of value you can take away from the episode. Um, I did anyway. There's a lot of ties between the film industry and and other artistic uh, ventures. So, uh, with that, I think let's take it away. Um, and then I'm probably going to be for the six weeks that I'm up here. Um, just recording interviews with people that I know in the Salt Lake area that are also uh, creatives that are killing it. So stay tuned for that. And with that, we'll take it away, Dell. Thanks, Dell, for being on the podcast. Hey, well, thanks. It's good to be here. Yeah, this is fun. This is actually my first in-person interview since my dad on episode seven. Wow. Yeah, we did that uh, up in uh, his office and, and now we're in the comfort of your home. Uh, so I, I appreciate you uh, opening your doors and letting me in to do well, this thing. <laughs> great, Lars. Glad yeah. to have you. Cool. So if you wouldn't mind, just go ahead and tell the listeners um, a little bit about you and, and how you got to where you are today and what you do. Boy, uh, I love to paint. I, I love to draw. I, you know, for a, a lot of years, I made a living just painting. And uh, so, you know, that's what I do. I just, I, I think I don't have tons of other interest. <laughs> that's fine. And I, and so I just... So and I actually, if if I don't do something almost every day, I feel like unfulfilled. Yeah. So I feel like I need, I just work all the time. I'm kind yeah. of a workaholic. Just like to paint a lot. That's not a bad problem to have, I suppose. Well, <laughs> Lynette's my wife. Lynette kind of sometimes thinks, "Gee, it'd be great if you, you know, had some other interest in things like mountain biking, like mountain biking, <laughs> or something like that." Or I I do fish. I love to fly fish. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually am a teacher mm-hmm. at uh, Dixie State, and I've been doing that for quite a few years. In St. George, Utah. In St. George, yeah. Utah. Yeah. And I teach painting and drawing and, and uh, mostly like lots of figurative things, but also landscape painting. Yeah. I'm curious, did you become a teacher because you enjoyed uh, you know, teaching other students? Was that something that fulfilled you, or did you become a teacher to supplement some income? I would say number one reason is I, I painted full-time for uh, 13 years, and I just realized why my, my life was I'm just kind of, a, I was just like a hermit. I'd wake up in the morning on Monday morning, and I'd paint every day, 
and then Saturday night I'm still painting, and it was just I just felt like my life wasn't uh, full. Mm. It wasn't it was kind of out of balance, mm. and so I I I start teaching mostly to be around other people. Just human interaction. Just human interaction. Oh, cool. Yeah. I so I think that uh, what I'm trying to get at is you you didn't start teaching because out of necessity that wasn't something that you had to do financially. Um, that's that's not something a lot of painters can say. I, I think that um, I've been able. You're my uncle, so I've been able to kind of follow your your career a little bit, uh, albeit I was young and have grown into seeing right. some of your success. And um, I'm curious, what do you think makes you different? Why do you think you were successful as a painter financially as opposed to probably 95% of painters out there? Uh, one time I was doing a painting for the LDS church and uh, right before I, I, I took the painting and uh, I was in Boyd K. Packer's office. It was a painting of the first vision and he wanted to talk to me about the painting. And one of the first things he said was, boy, there's a lot of painters out there, LDS painters, but we can't work with them. And I go, what do you mean you can't work? They're not workable. They, they just have an idea. This is the way it's going to be, and, and they do it that way, and, and so they're not flexible at all. Mm. And I would say one of the things that I've always been a little bit uh, is I kind of look and say, what would a person want? You know, I, I like to paint the painting. I like it. But if nobody else likes it, it's hard to make a living as a painter. But what about your, your creativity? Uh, probably, I got over that maybe after about two months of really starving. Okay. When I first went out, got out of school, I, I started getting, well, it might have been longer than that. Okay, yeah. It might have been a little bit longer than that. And, uh, gee, I, you know, and, and I don't even know, and I've been doing this for so long, I don't really know what that word you know, your creativity, because uh, what creativity to me is you look at something and you try to solve the problem, hmm. how to solve, how to do it. I mean, I'm going to do it this way. Oh, say, for instance, somebody comes to me and says, gee, I'd really like a painting of this. Then I say, for instance, a portrait. Then you start saying, okay, how can I produce this painting? What steps do I take to do that? Yeah. And what does that answer look like? I mean, so so I, I guess what I what you're saying is that you're able to fulfill an artistic or creative need by solving the current problem at hand. Is that right? Or, right. You know, like the creativity comes in the producing the artwork. Yeah. And shades and shapes and well, and the way you, yeah. and the way you do it. Okay. You know, you, you try because there's just so many different ways to do it, and you kind of figure out this is the best way to produce it. So I, I do that a lot with my films. I, you know, I, I do t a lot of TV movies for Lifetime and Hallmark, mm -hmm. and the scripts are all the same, right? It's almost like one of those games, a Mad Lib game, where it's like, give me a noun, give me a, a person, a place, and you and you replace all the, you know, the meat and potatoes information, and then you, you say, Sally, a lawyer from Kentucky, bought a flower store, you know, so, but it's basically the exact same story, you just replace some of the, the nouns and stuff. And, uh, but what's fun for me as a creative is knowing that the script's pretty much the same, I'm making the same movie and over and over again, is I get to experiment a little bit, right? I get to say, on this film, I'm going to practice with only this type of diffusion or lighting or colors, and, and I get to really just have fun changing things up a little bit. Are you able to do that with artwork? Absolutely. Uh, almost every painting, you, you, 
and you know, say, well, I, on this particular painting, I kind of want to have a painting that's kind of a, a painting like maybe gold and light or something. Mm. Or this painting, I'd really like to have cools. And, and also, what I really like about teaching too is when I'm teaching a class, I paint with the students. And so there, you know, you basically are not trying to do it to, to sell that particular piece. So that gives me a lot of, you know, freedom experimenting all week. And, and not, all, not every painting that you do sells, you know. Mm. Some, sometimes they, they don't work, it doesn't work out. <laughs> you know, you really try hard. Because uh, with me, a good painting, especially most of my life, has been if it sells, it's a good painting. If it doesn't sell, it's not a good painting. <laughs> even, though, even if you particularly like a painting? Right. Well, let's, let's say you, you really personally love a painting that doesn't sell. Does that mean it's not a good painting anymore? You know, what's really interesting, I would probably say if I really love the painting, most of the time, it sells. Hmm. That's interesting. You know, it, it kind of goes. It kind of goes the same way. If I, uh, you know, and even if, if you're going along and you're saying I'm just going to produce this painting to sell, I don't think that works totally either. Hmm. Uh, and I think it's probably you realize that too. Yeah. That that if, if if you don't really love what you're doing, if you don't really love that work, it, I, nobody else is going to like it. Yeah. And so, it, so huh. it's it's kind of goes both ways. You want to do it. You want somebody to like it. And uh, you know, but at the same time, you've got to make sure that it's something that you love, or nobody will like it. Now, how do you do that? How do you stay fresh? Yeah, you know, after decades of painting. I think it's a real challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah, you know, I uh, well. Some, you know, I, I paint paintings of the Savior, I paint landscapes, but say for instance, if I say, well, I, like sometimes Lynette and I are, my wife, we are going along and we're saying, well, what painting shall I do? You know, I'm thinking of paintings to do, and so we list, make a list, and as we're making a list, we go, what about this? Well, we've done three others of that, very huh. subject. Okay. So it's really difficult to do something again. Huh. I, I mean, because all the good, real good ideas you have, I painted it. 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Yeah. And so you kind of think of a new idea, and, mm -hmm. and sometimes it's a little more difficult. Yeah. I don't know if I, if I would ever get sick of painting landscapes, though. Do you get sick of painting landscapes, or is it something you just always find something new and enjoy it? I, like, I, I, I don't really get sick of landscapes, uh, but they're not as interesting as painting a person. Yeah. For you or for the, the viewer, the experiencer? For, for me personally. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I would say that most of, the, most of the time when I was painting paintings, when I was painting full time, were kind of Western landscape yeah. paintings. So they were landscapes. And, and, and if I was going to tell a person what uh, type of artist would, make, uh, would be the easiest to make a living, it would be a landscape painter. Yeah. It's just because. It, it fits a lot easier. It's a little harder mm -hmm. to go, say, for instance, for a figurative artist. The only thing, only thing you got to do if you're going to do that, you got to most say it's got to be maybe a certain subject matter that people are interested in, like religious art. Or religious art, yes. Yeah, which yeah. is something that I think uh, we we should mention that uh, a lot, a large uh, amount of your portfolio is is religious art. And is that something that you found you you did religious art because people. 
reacted to it positively or, or was it something that you felt a, a personal uh, attraction to? Why focus on religious uh, painting? Okay. Uh, I, I painted religious art and, I, and my, my first ones were for the LDS church. Mm -hmm. And the reason was 100% because I thought I wanted to please God. Hmm. I felt kind of an obligation to, to do that. Yeah. That was the number one reason uh, I did it because I felt like that was my calling. Hmm. And, and uh, so I did a number of those. And then what happened is uh, people saw those pictures and then uh, they asked me to do one for the for them. Yeah. So and then it just escalated. So that was you know like I think the my probably one of the most well known paintings was the Red Robe Christ that was painted in 1983. And so after that, I would say for years, I was painting people paintings of Christ for individuals. Yeah. As much as just for you know something else, and then and then later. Uh, print companies came along and said we'd like to have you do religious paint paintings for print companies. So it was a little bit what people wanted. Yeah. But originally it was not necessarily for money because I was at that time I was making more money doing gallery paintings than paintings for the for the church. Mm. But I I the church was what I wanted to do because I felt that was the obligation. Kind of obligation and uh, God, I, I think that's a hard, hard thing to say what it, what it was. It was yeah. probably you felt like that's what you should do mm -hmm. and you wanted to do it. Yeah. I had a great desire to do it. You know, I, I wanted to please God. Mm. So th there was that thing. And yeah. I think I worked harder on that because you wanted to please God. Interesting, and then it ended up being a financial. Yeah, uh, like I, I think for that painting, uh, you know, I, I, I got paid less than a thousand dollars for the for the painting that's still used. Yeah, 35, 38 years later in the yes. church. Yes. Yeah. And wow. And I, I remember one time we borrowed it, and we had to insure it for forty thousand. <laughs> so you got paid a thousand, and then you had you got insured for forty yeah, thousand. Yeah, that was the worth. That was that was the worth of the paint. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's no, but it, but but it. But that's a lot of no, art, right? Yeah. Just, no, it, it, like uh, no one hundred percent no regrets. Yeah. We're thrilled to death about it, and and uh, you know a lot of fulfillment. Well, I'm think I, I think I can't help but think about how much. Gain, financial gain came out of that one painting. So sure, you got paid a thousand. You were commissioned a thousand dollars. You did it for because you, of your love for God. You did it for maybe reasons that were not financial whatsoever. But I think that in turn, you've created a bit of a, a career. Absolutely, <laughs> from that from that painting. So no, there's no there's yeah. no doubt. Yeah, no doubt uh, that painting uh, was was what you know, created a very successful career. So, talk, so a lot of times we talk on the podcast about that, the power of free, right? So I, I can trace, um, uh, going back to when I first started doing cinematography, two or three free gigs, but I believed in the potential of them that then turned into what I now call a career, a successful career as a cinematographer, a filmmaker. Um, can you draw that direct line? from doing some, maybe some of those lower paid gigs to now having a house and 
being able to feel like you could retire anytime? Can, can you draw a straight line or, or can you look back to those moments? It's, that's, I don't know if it seems like a, you know. It, nothing's a straight line. Nothing, yeah. nothing's totally straight, but, but with Ada, you know, uh, you know, like what's interesting, after I did those paintings, there was a, a printing, you know, just, just for one little thing, mm. there was a, a printing company in New York, and it was probably, at that time, it was the largest religious print company, and they, they, had, they flew me out, they, you know, they kind of saw that work, mm. flew me out to New York, and they offered me a, a, to come and paint for them, like a 200, I said, we'll pay you 250,000 a year to come As a and paint salary. for them. So you come and paint for us full time. That, but that's, yeah. that's the only thing you can do, yeah. is pay for them. Yeah, we own you. So we any, own any you. artwork you do, yeah. we own. Yeah. Hmm. And you turned them down. And I turned them down. Why? Uh, I, I didn't turn them down, I did things for them. Yeah, So I said, okay, well, I said, what I'll do is I will paint something. They said, any, any painting you do of that, we'll buy. We'll, huh. it, we'll have it. Yeah. Uh, but I, and I remember you got paid a certain amount and then I started, well, first of all, I just turned them down because I just didn't want to paint the kind of work that they were going to have me paint. Yeah. It, it was going to be, uh, you know, I, I, I really admire the Catholic Church, but it was things that I'm just not familiar with. Yeah. You know, it's paint all the saints. Mm -hmm. You know, and like whenever you paint a certain saint, it had a certain color and it had a certain thing. And I just didn't want to do that. Yeah. You know, or a, like a sacred heart Christ. With a, it, it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> yeah, the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, I, I get that. But I, but I also have had conversations with you in the past of, when someone tells you to paint a couple on a park bench at the beach and they're going to pay you for it, you should probably just paint the couple on a park bench at the beach. So, so I'm, I'm curious why you, why you turned some of that work down. Or was it, did you not turn it down, uh, you just turned down the full-time position? I turned down the full-time position yeah. and, I, and I did it for about three years or something. Okay. But then I realized uh, pretty quickly that they would pay you for the painting, but the real value of a painting is the secondary market. Printing. Yes. Mm. So, so if you do a, a, a masterpiece or a really wonderful painting, that painting might sell, and I think this one right here, a painting of perfect love, it sold for $30,000. Okay. Here's a show. It's great. Right off, it yeah. sold for $30,000. On the secondary market, I do not know how much we made. And you continue to make. And continue to make. My, you know, my guess, it would be hundreds of thousands of dollars. Incredible. Yeah. So over your career, how many, how many paintings do you, if you just had to throw a number out there, 4,000, 5,000, how many paintings have you done? You know, I am not sure. Okay. But would you say- In the thousands. In, in the, the thousands. thousands. Would you say you've made more money from the direct sales of that oil on canvas or more money in printing? Uh, more money in printing by far. Yeah, right at the beginning it was it was I totally I'd never you know I I, I would never I didn't do prints so mm -hmm. every so you do a painting and then it sell and you do another painting, I would say for the last maybe twenty uh, years, we've made more money on the prints than we have on the paintings. On the paintings. Yeah. Yeah, but would you say two thirds of the income you have coming in is coming from prints versus one third painting or do you know a percentage? Well, it's it's hard to say. Maybe like maybe three fourths on. Wow, France. even that, that high. Yeah. So talk to me about um, 
Um, how did you, when first starting out, let's go back just a little bit, and we'll come back to the prints things. I think that's fascinating. But uh, how did you know what paintings to make for people? How did you know what would sell? Okay, this is a, like this is a kind of interesting story. Here. Great, excited. I was, yeah. I, I you know graduated from college, and I was going to I'm going to go be a painter. Mm-hmm. And we moved <laughs> different states and everything, <laughs> and I was and I was. And I and like the end, I started doing something, some things for the ensign, but that that it Which was is an LDS publication. LDS yeah. publication, yeah. and you'd get a, a job maybe every other month for two hundred bucks or something. You're not going to make a living doing that. Sure. Uh, and 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 I we bought a house, and I, I went over like there was a guy that uh, uh, was involved in the real estate. Anyway, I went into his into his building, and he had a lot of paintings on the wall. So I go. Gosh, I, I said I called him. You know, I made appointments. And said I want to show you my artwork. Yeah. And he and I and I took the artwork in, and he goes, "God, you're you're a good painter, but an artist has got to have a pot boiler." A what? A pot boiler. I go, and that's the second. That's like I said, <laughs> what? Oh, what? You need to have a way of keeping the pot going and eating. Okay. So that's what a pot boiler is. So some sort of residual income or a way, a, something that you're going to make a living at. Okay. Yeah. And so, and so uh, he said, well, you know what? And he showed me a book, an artist named Henry Farney and some other artists, and they were doing Indian paintings. Hmm. And he said, right now, this is really hot, uh, the hot market. Yeah. He said, and, I, and he said, you know what? I'll make. I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, I will pay you five hundred dollars a week, and that was a lot of money then. Mm. And, you know, and this is what I remember. This was a long time ago, so it might have been less, might have been a little bit more. Sure, sure. Uh, if if you'll do a painting for me every week, and I and so I uh, of a Native American. Uh, and he said, yeah. and he said, you can think of whatever you want. And I and I go, oh, hey, you know, and, and I'm starving to death. <laughs> You know, it's just brutal out uh-huh. there. Being, right? So I said, "Great, I'll do that." So I did it, and I and I would and, and I started doing, and I just and, and, I, and I think it just kind of started flowing. I just go, "Here's this idea," and I just start thinking of cool ideas, and I start doing all, all these paintings, and and people would come over. You know, some people would just come to my house and just visit or something, and instead of saying, "That's a nice painting," they'd say, "How much?" Wow. How much? It was just. Really, an interesting thing. But how did you come up with the ideas? I mean, was it just uh, something that you've been thinking about? What what inspired you to create these paintings? Well, you know, like one of them, I just I, I probably did start doing all kinds of research, Western research, hmm. and you know, anyway. So, but I did that for probably maybe three or four months, and uh, and then I I took those paintings to the to- I'd say the top gallery. In the Western United States, okay, and maybe even the United States. Yeah, and I took it to them, and they go, "Great!" And they took my work, and so for 13 years, uh, I would. And I, one time, I asked my wife, "How many of these paintings didn't sell?" And she couldn't think of one of them. Wow, uh, I was, could think of two. Okay, you could think of two. I thought of two because uh, they just didn't work, and I burned them or something. And you knew they didn't work. Uh, no, I, I probably had you know hopes for them, and I just worked and worked, and I'd try it, and then <laughs> you finally, <burned> them. <laughs> finally, I just go, I just give up. But, but I just, and you know, they were just extremely marketable paintings. And after a while, you just kind of figured out. And what, I think it's with you when you're making yeah. a movie, you figured out what people want, want. And, and what it was was kind of a certain kind of 
mood or feeling to mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and anyway, I did that for 13 years. Uh, and I and I do a painting, and as soon as I get them done, they they just sell. Would you Would you go to um, when you were doing research? I'm curious what that looked like. Were you asking other gallery owners what they were interested in or what was selling? What What kind of research did you do to know what people were looking for? Okay, uh, what I probably did more than anything else is I lived in Rexburg, Idaho. The Jackson the gallery was in Jackson. Here are these beautiful mountains, Teton Tetons, mountains. Yeah. And so one of the things I did, I just, I'm going to paint mountains, these mountains, and then I'm going to have a story to it. So I'd have an Indian encampment or some people going through or a mountain man or just, you know, just things like that. And add a little narrative to it. Add some narrative to it to, mm. to, so it'd be more than just the, the landscape. Yeah. But then sometimes I just do a landscape too. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, you know, that's what I did. And, 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 I, and what's interesting, when I said I want to go teach, I had a job offer and my wife you know, didn't want me to do it. Hmm. You know, because we were very, very successful what we were doing. Yeah. She goes, what are you doing? And what's interesting, I, went, I, I taught, uh, and I can't remember, I think I might have got, we're, we're making this much, and when I started teaching, the salary was right here, so I had to keep painting anyway. <laughs> Because <laughs> we the, the, the teaching was not enough money to take care of a family. It was mm. minimal. Yeah. Minimal salary. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, what advice do you have for young creatives starting out? Not necessarily painters. This is a podcast for any creative filmmakers, musicians, actors, uh, painters as well. Um, what advice do you have starting out uh, as a creative? I would say, you know, Try to find your voice, what you love, and and then and then kind of f tune it a little bit to what other people are going to want to. Interesting. It's yeah. it's not a, you know, I, I don't think you can do something if you just hate it. I just don't think it's going to. Why do it? Yeah. Why even do it? Uh, and and uh, you know I, I I I I love the Tetons even right now. Yeah. You know, I, Probably, I, actually, I would say you love them more. Yeah. Would you? Would you disagree? That uh, I mean, you you've had such an up close and personal relationship with these Tetons as you've studied them and their shapes and their shades over the years. I almost wonder if you you have a better appreciation for the Tetons as someone that's just maybe doing a loop through Yellowstone. Yeah, probably. And what's interesting, like uh, I, I would know, this is the perfect time for this the sun on this mountain at this spot at this time. <laughs> you know, you've got a future in tour, tour guiding. If you yeah, I probably, yeah, I probably would. <laughs> yeah, but but I've really also learned if you don't have some uh, clouds to that, those mountains, they just are not very good. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. Anyway, so. That's fascinating. No, I, there's a there's a painting hanging up in your daughter's house, uh, house right now down in California, Kristen, um, of just the beach. It's just a it's just a port landscape of the beach. Right. And and I've been over there a few times, and every time I walk into that kitchen, it stops me in my tracks. And I don't know why, because I because my mom's also a painter. It's your, it's your sister, and right. And and we've got plenty of of landscapes of the beach, and I think they're all beautiful as well. But there's something so spectacular about the color that just it, it everything about it draws my eye do you know what it is can you i mean what is it that over 40 years of painting 
have you been able to say this is something that's just going to make people appreciate it more? I'm trying to figure out what, what I, do you even know what draws uh, you or me to that painting? You know, I'm, I'm not positive. Mm. I, I do know that uh, there's magic. There's magic in art. Mm. Yeah. And, and I know like when I was painting, you know, uh, like for galleries, you'd work on it and you'd go, there's no magic. Mm. And, it's, and it just seems like, and, and where's the magic come from? I don't know. <laughs> it drives me that's nuts. I was, that's <laughs> I was afraid you'd say that. <laughs> I don't know. But I know mm. when it's there. Yeah. And, and you just have to keep working on it until there's magic. Mm. And, and uh, yeah, and, and, and that's a mystery and it's frustrating. Yeah. So, can you pinpoint it? Is it, is it color contrast? Is it, we have a lot of filmmakers or cinematographers that are constantly playing with color contrast. Right. So is it color contrast? Is it contrast in general, light, dark? Can you? You know, yeah. okay, if, if I was gonna say anything at all, it might be, that uh, th there's kind of a thing where if you look at something and there's it's there's truth to it, it kind of hits your heart, you know, mm -hmm. and it kind of goes with your, you know, and and I, uh, but but I but I, I would say it's it's that that also if you hit nature, like say for instance, here's the light, you know, if it's warm light, it's going to go kind of through the spectrum, it goes warm. Then it kind of so for me then it's the yellow, it starts to red, yeah. and then it goes blue, and yeah. so if it kind of does that, in it and there's nothing that in a, in a direction. If, uh. if, if it's if it's going that way, but I would also say uh, that you know if you're doing a painting, I've really found that you can't you can't just paint anything and it's going to turn out good. Yeah. The subject matter would be a real big driving force. Mm. So if Austin and I go, I'm painting a scene, and you go and you look at, and there's not just different things in that scene, it's not going to be interesting. Yeah. So yeah, so you, and I would probably say big like patterns, value patterns is one thing, in an interesting way. Uh, what is that? Is a foreground, background, or just kind of the the composition of it? Well, yeah. I, I would just say so you'd have light and dark patterns going mm, through. Okay. Now, and I would probably say with that painting, it maybe was you know here was the that the water and the beach. It was kind of goes, you know, blue and then it goes green. You know, this yeah. color variations. Then here was a sort of gold mountains go, hillside. Some, and, yeah, it's kind of the cool. And I and I and I really think when I. Uh, I would say uh, Charles Russell once said that you need to tie your horse to romance. <laughs> what does that mean, though? What he, what he meant is you need to make your painting romantic. Mm -hmm. You need to put some feeling into it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then how you do it. Sometimes, like maybe you could, like here's the color, and then maybe you, you put a, a little bit of, if it's orange in it. Orange or pink or mm. you know kind of some violet or something. Yeah. Just to just to make it interesting. If it's just a blue sky, it just isn't as interesting. Well, because that's I, I feel like too the the power of art is is that you get to be a little dramatic, right? Mm -hmm. So I can I can take a, a camera. Everybody's got a DSLR these days. I can take a camera. I can snap a photo of that same scenic, and if it's a true rep, you know reproduction of that scene. Maybe it's pretty, maybe it's not, but it's not going to hit me 
quite like that romance does. And I think that's what makes it so special is that you can be dramatic. You can, you can add some pink hues or some splashes of orange or turquoise that maybe don't naturally exist in nature at all. So how do you do that with, a, with it when you're doing the moon? Like it's lighting. For you, it's, is it lighting? It's lighting. It's 100% it's lighting. lighting. Yeah. And, and, I would, I, uh, and maybe uh, lighting is a great big thing it's in, huge. in art. It's, it's with, if, if you can kind of capture the light yeah, it'll be uh, you know interesting. Yeah, but it's it's and even with cinematography, all you're doing is enhancing the light that already exists, right? So let's say you've got a neon sign outside the cafe that's just a neon red. You know, you're gonna that neon sign isn't going to photogen. It's not going to have enough light lumens to reach the talent in a certain way, right? So you're going to have to influence that same light. So it's it's just that it's, you're just trying to wrap lights and shape things just in a certain way to. To just draw the eye in and, and just give it some color contrast and some right. some romance. But but I've really kind of found that uh, if you sort of say here's a formula, it doesn't la- last very long. No, you no, know it it's, changes it's, all the time. It's, it's it's just really out there. So, so have you been able to have has this has your artistic style had to pivot and change throughout the years? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I had to, and I I think it's because I, if you do something, you're not mentally engaged. And if you're not mentally engaged, this, the painting's not going to be interesting to, to you or anybody else. Hmm. And, so, and so if you say, if you start saying, oh, this is my formula, after a while, it, it, it just won't work. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a bummer, because as soon as you figure it out, you've got to figure it out again. <laughs> but is that a bummer, or is that kind of nice? I mean, it's kind talk to me about um, your continued education, because I know that you take workshops still. Right. And here's a guy that's been painting. How many years? Have you, Fifty years. You've been Fifty painting? years. Painting. Fifty years. You've been painting, and, and and in my mind, it doesn't get better than Del Parson. It really doesn't. I, I've not like I, I look at that painting hanging up in Kristen's kitchen, and I just go, "It's as good as it gets right there." And so, what do you? How do you still educate yourself? I, you know, I it like uh, I just I enjoy learning. Mm. I, I enjoy learning. And uh, I, I go to workshops. Well, one reason is because the school pays for it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you know, it's great. Yeah. We're encouraged. Uh-huh. You know, and 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 that's a, a, a good investment. Absolutely. For the school. Yeah. So, uh, but every time I go, I probably take away a little bit, and I and it, and it kind of gets you all really excited about something, and then mm. you try those things in your in your work. And most most of the time, it's just some little teeny little thing that you take yeah. away. Mm. It's not a great big thing because I've probably heard things almost. I don't know of anything I <laughs> probably heard. haven't probably haven't heard. Have you tried everything? Uh, I you know I haven't really tried doing other kinds of media like say for instance sculpture mm. or you know like I I've done watercolors I've done you know like any kind of two D media. I haven't really done 3D things. Yeah, no, but I mean, mostly in uh, let's let's stay 2D. You know, you're you're on your canvas still. Have you tried all the different uh, genres or artistic styles or painting styles? Uh, and and have you, you know, have you been able to continue adapting, evolving that way, or have you kind of said, I've pulled a little bit from everything over the last 50 years, and I think this is this is just what I do. This is my. You style. know, I w- I really wish that I wasn't as uh, jumping around as much because like some people they have a palette mm-hmm. and that's what they do mine changes every painting that's cool i think that's cool <laughs> I, I go yeah. I, I it's never the same yeah 
it, it's never the same. I just do a, a different thing each time. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's how I feel about making films. Though, anytime I'm approached with a film, I love to throw out the old palette and just kind of start from scratch. I really do, especially right. It, it keeps it interesting for me. It keeps mm-hmm. it really fun, and I learn. I learn so much, and then. I'm able to rely a little bit more on, on the artists around me, my gaffer, my key grip. I say, I really want to focus specifically on this type of light that you know better than I do. Teach me. Because that's my continued education. I, I hire other artists that yeah, wow. and help me you know, create this image. So I, I just think that's a lot of fun. But talk to me about um, some of your other financial uh, ventures here. So you've got printing, which has been probably your your greatest asset. By by far, yeah. as far as money making. Yeah, money yes. making. Yes. Um, second to your paintings. Then third would be teaching. Right. right. Uh, do you have any of this money invested in any, any retirement funds or stock markets or anything like that? Or do you just like to hold on to, to the king? <laughs> <laughs> I I wish I would have put money in the stock market more than I have. Uh-huh. I I don't. I you know we probably just stick it in CDs and <laughs> get, get our one. Two for, and a half. Room. Well, yeah. for years it was it would get like seven or five or you know, well first wow. it started to seven then it went to five. Yeah. Now then it went to two. Uh-huh. Now it's like point seven or something. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But but we we uh, but we but but we've made plenty of money. So we just we just. You know, stick it aside. We have we do a little bit of stock market, uh, and uh, you know, like like I have like like a pension, so I'm going to get money if, when I retire. Perfect. But so you're not you're not necessarily worried about what are we going to do when it's time to retire. No, no as far as financially, yeah. I, I I think it's going to be difficult for me to spend the money I have. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you made it. You you won. You won the game. Yeah. If if yeah. The, if money is all that's important. Do yeah. you have any regrets? Can you look back over the last fifty years financially? Do you have any regrets? I you know I I don't think so. You know now, this is going to be me. Uh, if I the other thing I, that I might advise people, and this is just me, uh, I really feel blessed. And I kind of feel like God was my partner hmm. in business. Yeah. And so, and that's just me. And it might just be that you have confidence that God's going to be with you if you try to do the right thing. And so I really feel strong about that. Yeah. Now, and and what's also really good, like I, I cannot paint a painting of the Savior if I'm not Living that way. If you're not, if you're not living, I, that I could stuff. not. Yeah. I could not do it. I, I wouldn't even try. Mm. Not that. Not that I'm perfect. I'm not even close. Sure. But I, but I do know that if all of a sudden, you know, it's been kind of good for me in some ways. I'm going. I'm painting a savior. Painting the savior. So this Sunday, I'm going to be especially <laughs> a little bit more. Uh, keeping the Sabbath day holy. If, if I not, I go. Ah, who cares? I'll do what I want. Oh, you yeah, know, paint another landscape. <laughs> yeah, paint a landscape. You don't worry about it as much. <laughs> No, but it, but yeah. it's been but it's been really good uh, for me personally that I you know I I, I like that because so it's not a re, it's not a regrets at all I uh, I can't I can't think of anything I I uh, no no regrets wonderful no regrets are you do you consider yourself a lucky person very very lucky but you know I, I sometimes I think that I'm kind of different but but I. I, I go around and there's actually quite a few people that make a good living in art. Mm. 
more than I, you know, sometimes I think I'm just the luckiest per person in the world I get to do this. <laughs> but there's other people too yeah. that do really well. Mm -hmm. But, they, but I, I would say the other thing that is, if you're, if you're gonna do that, uh, nothing happens by accident. Sometimes I just wish I could just sit back and be a director on the painting and go, here, this, and have some, <laughs> but, but nothing happens except that I do it. Mm. It's just, you know, sometimes the painting's not working and I keep thinking the elves are gonna fix it at night. Not one time, <laughs> not once, have the elves fixed it at night. Yeah. In fact, every time, most of the time I come, come in the morning, it's not as good as I thought it and I have to kinda get I it think, going. Well, that's a good thing, right? Just kinda get some fresh eyes on it. Right. Right. Well, Del, thank you so much okay, for your time. Okay, you're welcome. This was great. Really appreciate you, uh, you know, letting me come in and, and barrage you with some of these questions. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for sticking around. We will see you next week on Creative Income. I don't know who I'm going to interview yet, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm.